I'm two days into college and I'm three lectures behind. There's this guy, let's name him Colin. He says he wants to be mine, but it doesn't really sit with me quite right because he doesn't really like the things I like. And I keep accidentally locking myself out of my dorm in the middle of the night. <laughs> This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fan podcast. Jared fucking McCain, 35, the guy was absolutely on fire. That was one of the best performances I've seen, not just from a freshman, but from a Duke player in a really, really long time. That was the first time that I got the the full-on, since Luke Kennard probably, I got the full-on J.J. Reddick vibes. That, whatever he threw up there, you just knew it was going in. And it did. Uh, he was, what, seven of eight in the first half from three. The guy was just absolutely unconscious. And overall, though, just Duke is starting a three-game road stretch, a game that we really were like, hey, you know, if we're going to be a team that we are trying to be, that's a game you got to have. Mm-hmm. They played well. They did everything that they needed to do. We got the full roster in the night. We got the full roster of the five-point fan. It's, it's good Ooh. to have already back. Um, obviously, AC, with you know, we didn't have Tyrese Proctor, and he may be out again on Wednesday against Miami. We'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit, but mm-hmm. it, it starts and ends to me, uh, with that Florida State game with, with Jared McCain. No, absolutely. I think, um, I think based on our expectations that we started the season with, I feel like Jared is doing what we expected Reese to do at this point. So if he can continue this, it's difficult for a freshman to continue that type of streak. If he can find a way to continue this and Reese can kind of fill in what we wanted Jared McCain to do, that's all we need. Like if that's all we need you to do, Reese, just just do a Jared. <laughs> like what we expected from Jared. If you can hit some hit some open shots, help run the offense, get to the bucket when you need to, like just do do your Reese thing. Like it, it's a lot. It, it, like it's a lot to rely on a freshman like that. But at this point, what you know, what else are we gonna do? Like. We can't keep begging people to step up or whatever. And obviously Reese is injured. He wasn't there, you know, whatever the case may be. But I, f- I just feel like Jared's taking that mantle from Tyrese of what we were expecting from him to start the season. Yeah, yeah, he, looks like the, he looks like the best future pro on the floor um, all game. Uh, the three to end the half <clears throat> was just a super smart play. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy smart of a freshman just to gather the ball, one dribble step back. And that was the third step back jumper of the half. So not only I'm, smart, but that's that road confidence that John has wanted from these guys. Like get on the road and do, get a road kill, like shut the crowd up, be, be that, be the aggressor, be the asshole on the road. And he did that, man. You heard the crowd booing him every time they were well, cheering every time he missed a shot. Like, you know what I mean? Like the dude was trying to fight him. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything was, everything was good. Like he was, he was in everybody's head, man. He got body slammed a few times. But we, I mean, even we talked about like if there was a point guard to go <clears throat> pro after one year, it's going to be Foster. I, I'm, I might be changing my mind on that. Every time you change your mind on that, but uh, to, 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 to these point there, uh, that that play at the end of the half, and I figure we would get to that at some point. But here, let's start with it. Is that you know, first of all, that play. From Jer- the pass from Jeremy Roach was filthy, number one, and then the mm-hmm. unconsciousness of Jeremy Kane to have a precious mind with three, four, you know, seconds left to go to take the one dribble, to step back, knock it down, and then to shush the crowd. He 
that he got booed the entire second half every time he touched the ball. That's mm-hmm. the villain we need. That's the kind of guy that we've been looking for to see. Like, yep. all right, bring it on, bring it on. We've talked about this, Jack, a million times. The pain and nails, bring it. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, like, just bring it on. Like, uh, like you have to come up with something new as an opponent. Like the 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 pain and nails thing is overplayed now. It, it doesn't work. The guy has heard this for probably four or five years. He chose to come to Duke. He chose to come to Duke knowing full well that that is just going to make him even more polarizing of a figure. And he has owned it. He's embraced it. And he plays with just an absolute verve that Coach K always used to talk about. And we talked about this um, in the last podcast where that the the three that he hit um, to kind of basically seal the game at Louisville and he turned around to the two middle-aged dudes who were chirping at him on the baseline and, you know, was laughing at him. He was just laughing at him. What I love about Jeremy McCain's trash talk is that he just laughs at you. Like, mm-hmm. that, you can't come back from that because he's hitting threes in your face, he's playing harder than you are, and he's a better player than you are. And what are you going to do? You can't do anything, and he just laughs at you. I love every second of it, Jack. That's why we played the uh, the little TikTok intro that – you know, is say what it say whatever it is about it. You, you can't do anything about it. Shut if you don't like it, shut them up. You can't do it. I mean, yeah, Jared. I'm gonna start by saying that song's been stuck in my head for like two weeks now. Uh, thank you, Jared. Um, it grows on you. He it it it, 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 it does grow on. You, I'll tell you that, Paul. It does. It does. Um, <laughs> okay, look, let's. Jared McCain is. I saw someone commented on my Instagram a few weeks ago. I made a post about him, and it was like, this guy posts everything that I would record and make sure no one else ever saw my entire life. And that, I mean, this is a kid who does not care what other people think. He's going to be him. He's going to be his best self, and he does not care what you think. And look at this. He, he backs it up. He's, he's a, he's, Cold-blooded killer. Straight up, he's a hooper. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I don't care what Jared does off the court. You shouldn't care either. That kid's a hooper. Well, I'll tell you what he does off the court is that he's the hardest worker off the court. And it's not just, you know, putting up shots after games where, you know, some people see that. But he's been the hardest worker the entire summer. John commented about that. He's also the guy that is watching extra film. Give a shout-out to TJ Power. I know he's not getting minutes, but he does the same thing. Pablo, I want to bring you in here because, you know, what can other players, not just Duke players, but what can other players learn from a guy like Jeremy McCain where he comes in here with, you know, a million tip-top followers and he's got, like, that other side of things, but he's still got the presence of mind to, to be the hardest worker as well. So what they can learn, I mean, they can learn work ethic. You know what I mean? When you come in with a work ethic like Jared McCain, you know, what you're going to get is, you know, player empowerment from the coach. And that's what you're seeing. It's just a prime example of, you know, John Shire trusting him. And even when he's not playing well, he still wants him to shoot the ball. And not only mm-hmm. to shoot the ball, like open shots. Like he wants him to take shots and like hunt shots and take those shots that are backbreakers. So, I mean, that's just bottom line. That's what you see. But that's what Jeremy Kane is. You know what I mean? He's been like that ever since the first time I watched him. I think he was a seventh grader. 
playing for seventh or eighth grader playing for the Compton Magic, and he was still living in Sacramento. You know what I'm saying? And he was a chubby kid. You know what I mean? So he was working his ass off though. So you know, we see just the product of of hard work, man, and just dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a good spirited, you know, player. It's a good human being too, man. Like comes from a good family. Um, you know, he's he's leading the charge for Duke right now. You know what I'm saying? He's looking real elite. And uh, I like what I see, bro. Yeah, they brought up. Deep brought up a lot last year, real quick. That documentary that, and I don't want to let Deep speak on it because he's one of who talks about it a lot. The documentary. Go ahead, Deep. Talk about the documentary because that was. <clears throat> it reminded me of Paulo. Like Paulo had some cameras following him when he was in high school, and they went through his routine and started at four in the morning. And and you know, what I mean, and you you see the fruits of that labor. Like you see what Paulo Boncaro has become. Like D, I know. Go ahead, Ryan. Ryan D. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Good. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, like, if you if anybody's ever seen it, um, or if you haven't seen it, check it out. Ball is life. The Jared McCain documentary. Um, it just followed him throughout his time at Centennial, and this kid would wake up at five in the morning and and do yoga and Pilates, and he would read like the same inspirational like quote book that he's been reading for meditation. Yeah, I, I forgot what it was called, but I you know I, I don't whatever have. And then he would drive three hours to school and then he would drive three hours for training and he would drive three hours for strength conditioning. I mean, and he loved every bit of every minute of it. He never didn't have a smile on his face. He, he never wasn't saying thank you. Or like you said, Paul, great family, great kid, great personality. I mean, I think my dog is choking. Um, Not sure, but yeah. Are you good now? All right. Peace. But no, it's it just shows what he has been working towards. Uh, I mean, even the the wish wall or the whatever he called it, like he checked all those boxes off. Who who in their adult life has done that? This this kid has accomplished every goal that he has set Mm -hmm. for himself. That wish wall reminded me of uh, Batia used to have his goals. He would set every year. He set ten goals every year and he'd check them off. Yeah, but I mean, like you know. he's the fruits of his labor are coming to fruition in front of our eyes on the floor mm-hmm. right now. And it, his hard work is paying off. And I think it's proven himself correct to where we talk about attitude a lot. You're going to turn the nicest player in the ACC into the villain. Okay. Watch out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a great idea. And AC, the one thing I was going to bring up and I'm glad that you brought up the, uh, the documentary there to, for to t- kind of TFD there. But what I actually thought about was the uh, Jabari Parker. You know, when Jabari mm-hmm. Parker was coming in, you know, and they did the, the three-part uh, Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated, and it started way back with Simeon. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, he's going in there before the lights are on, 4 or 5 a.m., putting up shots uh, with, his, with his brother and, and doing that. And, and mm-hmm. that's what it reminded me of. And uh, I know that J.J. Reddick had the same thing when you're talking yeah, about the yeah. list, same with Daddy A., now, all those great players, though. We're talking about great players. But that's all what you do if you want players, to be great. Exactly. Yeah. Like, greatness and being elite. Like, I think everybody wants that elite tag. They slap the elite tag on everything. Basketball, soccer. Like, every every summer team is something elite. Like, number one, not everybody's, not everybody's elite. Number right. two, that's elite is, is that. Elite's what, what are you willing – sometimes it's what are you willing to give up. Like it's not about what are you willing to do. Sometimes it's about what are you willing to sacrifice and what are you willing to what give up. What are you and, willing to sacrifice? Absolutely. And and he's he's 
like these brought up he he loves the sacrifice you love it like you love loving the struggle is you hear great anybody who's great at anything always talks about loving and embracing the struggle and if you're willing to get out of that comfort zone and do that man then chances are you're gonna be great so so we're seeing it we're seeing it yeah, yeah. I will say two things that are elite: Jared McCain and the Five Point Play podcast. Thank you, Jack. Um, well, but yeah, you know, I, I would argue. Hold on, I would argue that there is plenty of elite talent out there. Yeah, there talent. is. But the elite talent that wants to be great, right? I don't think ninety-nine percent of them have the work ethic to do it. Yeah, you have to have an elite work ethic and the elite talent to to be which, an elite which, player. Which is well, also the thing about it too. The thing about it too is that. You got to realize that a lot of these kids, man, like, you know, when the camera's in front of them, mm -hmm. it's a show. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's all about the camera. But what are those kids doing when those cameras are not on them? What are they right. doing when those cameras are off? And that's why you got players like Jared McCain, who, if you really think about it, just from a player standpoint, like, he doesn't have, like, elite measurements. He's yeah. not an elite athlete. He's not really that fast. He's not, right. if you think about it, he's not really that elite in a lot of areas, you know what I'm saying? Except right. like his shooting, right? But what makes him so damn good is that he's so fundamentally sound from mm -hmm. all the work that he's put in and he's so intelligent on the court. Mm -hmm. All that shit translates, man. So that's just, yeah. he's, a, he's a typical player. He's a prototype of, you don't have to have these, you don't have to be 6'6 six, six with right. a fucking 7'2 wingspan and a 48 inch vertical, you know what I'm saying? To be elite right. and to be a, a ball player and to be a pro. And that's the thing about Jared McCain. You know, I mean, he's the he's the fucking blueprint. He's the blueprint. It reminds me of Tyus. Pound for pound, he might be the strongest player on that team. I just want to say that. I think he could. Yeah, well, he him, and, him, and, him and Caleb both. We talked about that in the offseason. Yeah, we talked about that in the offseason, how strong they are. Yeah. No, like what Pablo's saying, it, it reminds not, – not the same player. I'm not comparing players. It reminds me of Tyus. Tyus is the same thing. No yeah. measurables. Can't jump. Yeah. Can't run. Can't do anything, mm -hmm. apparently. But he's he's a first-round pick, and he's making a living in the NBA because he is – his work ethic is elite. And Facts. the way he sees the floor is elite, all those things. And Jared's got a gift, man. Jared what McCain is, looks like he's built like a running back. That's all I'm saying. What's the old cliche that uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? Mm -hmm. like that to yeah. me is, is exactly what these guys are. The the Tyuses, the Jared McCains. Um, but, you know, let's talk about the game overall because this is a game that Duke, I, I thought, needed to have. It was, mm -hmm. you know, coming off of a three-game home stretch where yeah we took care of business we did what we needed to do i thought it was a really good win at home against lake forest and then we came here and it's, it's without our starting point guard they obviously knew before we did that that you know tyrese was not going to make the make the trip i thought overall while some guys may have not had their best games or, or or things like that i thought collectively as a whole do play pretty well and they held it together the game especially in the second half Never got under, I think it was five points every time Florida State kind of had a couple. We answered immediately. It mm -hmm. wasn't always Jared McCann because in the second half, it wasn't Jared McCann. It was, it was Jeremy Roach. It was Phil Powell made some nice moves, uh, some nice plays. I thought Mark Mitchell did some nice things. And I thought, really, D, your boy Ryan Young, I thought he gave really solid minutes. I, I, I really do. I thought that as much as Fans and we'll talk about fans later. But as much as fans want to trash Ryan Young, I thought the the stats might not be there. Over two, two rebounds, but I thought he gave really strong minutes for 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 Duke. We talking about Ryan Young? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, him and Blake's I think gave really really good minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. 
My one gripe is Duke is getting more and more turnover prone again, where they had cleaned that up in the past. And seventeen's too many. They they yeah. let a lot of off. I can think of three possessions off the top of my head where they gave up at least two, maybe three offensive rebounds, and that's simply not okay. And TK, I do agree with you that Duke, although they let it get close, they they were able to keep you know make plays to keep you know stay ahead of the curve, but that also shows me that they didn't step on their throat and finish it with 14 minutes to go in the second half, which I think is an issue too. Um, overall, you clean up some of those rebounds issues and the, and the turnover issues and you get out of there with a, a nice, easy double digit win. Cause Florida state's not easy to beat. They're long, they're lengthy, pause, no pause. I'm saying it. They're all six, ten plus every starter across the team, and they're going to play nine. Not 10, so nine. much this year, though. They not, not so every much starter is six, ten plus. They, I would. They still it. aren't pause. They still. I would aren't guarantee long. It. all pause. They do. They no, they still have those. They still. They still keep those seven two dudes and stuff. But like they don't. They don't have the six nine point guard like they used to have and stuff. Like Leonard Hamilton doesn't even run his one three one on his out of bounds plays anymore. Like he didn't do anything because well, you know have, AC real quick. I want to bring those types of defenders. A- AC, I, I want to bring that no up. Pause, that's the biggest team in the ACC. I don't, they are. I they are. AC, I actually easily. wanted to bring that up. I, I wanted to bring that up though. Uh, I thought once we learned that. And we talked about this on on the on the text that I would have mm-hmm. I would have pressed Duke from start to finish in that game, and they they yeah. picked up full court, but they didn't really press. There was no like trapping. Press, like, but... our, our depth, you know, really we 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 go six maybe seven deep in terms mm-hmm. of um, you know how many guys are going to play double digit minutes, right? So, mm-hmm. and and this game kind of showed that as well. Except you know Jalen somehow got ten minutes. Because he played well, you know, but I'm saying he like, did that play was, well. Like, seven, but, he did. Um, but my point is that, like, you know, if, if I was under Hamilton, I would have, I would have trapped more. I would, I would have forced the issue because he's running eleven guys, you mm-hmm. know, double digit minutes. You know, I, no, I think, I, yes, they are. They do again. They yes, they do have the six eleven guys. They do have six ten guys. Bob and Miller, all those dudes, Bowen. Uh, Gainey, all those guys, they then they all get minutes because he plays his entire team. But right. the guys who get the bulk of the minutes and do the bulk of the scoring and stuff for them are really six four and six six guards. They're not the normal, not the exact. They're not the exact Florida State we're used to, which was fine this game. But they still we turn the ball over because that's what they do. They they put you in turnover situations, so they did a good job of that. And that's why we couldn't pull away from them. In my opinion, was just we never really we didn't run. Point guard plays, I guess, is the best way to put it. There was a lot of quick hitters. There was a lot of hunting shots, especially for Jared because he was hot, and then Jeremy towards the end, and and you know try to get it flipped some some post touches or whatever. But they were doubling flip. They got a lot of the turnovers off of him. They got a couple off Mark. Jeremy dribbled off his foot once or twice. Caleb Foster had a couple of turnovers. Like you know what I mean? Like we we're just kind of forced into those situations. So, I mean. If anything, you know, it's good to see that we can play against a bigger team and continue to just do what we do. That's, I mean. This this game wasn't remarkable to me in any way other than what we talked about with Jerry. Like everything else was kind of status quo. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I don't I don't think we would have lost that game if Jared didn't have thirty five. Like like I've seen online, but because somebody else would have stepped up and scored. But yeah, it's it's nice to have a player like like Jared to be able to score like that, especially in against a team like Florida State at their gym. Like that was that was the I think that was the biggest takeaway was. 
I think the upperclassmen can look at that freshman and be like, okay, if he can go into somebody else's environment and do that, I need to go ahead and step myself up too. So we'll see if they respond. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. I, I want to say I, I agree with what AC said. The whole like, you know, people are saying, oh, Duke would have lost if not for Jared putting up a record setting performance. No. I watched yesterday, I, I had some time, so I watched Danny Ferry's 58-point game. Duke was winning by, like, 20, and that lead was down to, I think, 5 with a few minutes mm-hmm. to go. Duke ended up winning the game by 15, and Danny Ferry had 58 freaking points. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of similar. The lead kept be getting larger and then getting cut down by a very, very, like, eager Miami team. You know, this is a this is four years into their revived basketball program. These are guys that wanted to make a statement against the number one team in the country. It's a little bit different than Florida State right now, but you know, you get the point. This is one Duke player putting up one of the most insane shooting performances in the history of college basketball. And if Danny didn't do that, that team still wins that game. Having watched it yesterday, that team still wins that game. I don't care that they only won by 15 with Danny putting up 58 points. That's It's the same thing. The rest of the team would have taken and made those shots. Obviously not the same clip, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I see. Pablo, I want to bring you on this because, you know, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with what B said in terms of, yeah, we had 17 turnovers. That's way too many. Also, sorry, TK, one last thing. 17 turnovers, but... 15 of them were by three guys. That's another thing to focus yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and a lot of that, yeah, those were a lot of that, really a lot of that, good. A lot of that goes to what he's saying, and we got to clean a lot of that stuff up. But, um, Pablo, how did you feel during that game? Because when I was watching that game, I, ne- I was never concerned. And I think that that was more the point that I was trying to make, where I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, they cut it to five a few times, but I, I was never concerned about losing that game because I just felt like Duke had control and they – they just weren't going to lose it. I mean, you kind of get that feeling sometimes. And that's kind of how I felt. But where, where did you kind of stand on that? No, I'm with you. Like, just watching the game. Obviously, I didn't watch it live because uh, I was out with the family. But just re-watching the game and shit, and I just think that I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I never felt as if Duke was going to lose the game. I did feel towards the end of the game, though, I knew that, you know, you say they weren't pressing or whatever. And I think – what they were just trying to do, what Leonard Hamilton was trying to do was just trying to kill some of the clock uh, from Duke. And they knew that they would have some of their longer players in the game to make it hard for Duke Duke's guards to shoot over. So I think they were just trying to stall Duke a little bit, just take some time off the clock by putting a light press on them, letting them come over half court, and then just having their big players just contest everything. And, you know, honestly, the whole game was just a, 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 a uh, very impressive showing of uh, impressive fucking elite shot making by Duke's guards, man. Mm-hmm. Like Duke's guards made some fucking very elite shots, man. From uh, Jared McCain to Jeremy Roach, you know, I was I was really impressed at what they did. So, you know, I never felt like Duke was going to lose the game, but I did feel like, you know, towards the end, you know, it was going to get a little tough on them, and that's that's how I felt about it. Yeah, I, I think you made the right point there. You see, uh, when he brought up the guards making big plays, I thought Taylor Foster made a couple of really big plays late, and I thought that obviously every time he needed a dagger, and, and this was the one that, to me, put the game away, and it was you know still probably, I, don't, I can't remember what the, the time stamp was. You guys can go back and look at it, but Jeremy Roach's three to put us back up in double digits, that to me was mm-hmm. a three. 
And, and, oh, yeah. every, and it's like every time we need something like that, he did it against Wick. He's done it mm-hmm. countless times this year. He's done it throughout his career. Every time we need something like that, he, he just lets the game come to him. He's like, all right, uh, McCain's cooking tonight. You go for it, bro. You got this. Mm-hmm. When it's time for me, I'll step up. And I feel like that's what he did yet again. Yeah, jumps the closer. Like, that's yeah. that's, that's old news. That's old news. You don't even you don't need film for it. No, no. We, we, can, we can move on. I thought that I do want to give a shout out before we move on, actually, yeah, to uh, Sean Stewart. I know he didn't play more than four and change, mm-hmm. but he made multiple phenomenal mm-hmm. just game changing plays to to get buckets for his team to make the decisive plays. I think he ended up with four rebounds. Like mm-hmm. the guy, um, look when he both yeah, steals too, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean there we go. Like he he comes up and makes plays. I mean, I'll let D go ahead. Like I, I think Sean Stewart, when his number is called, he's like, hey, whether it's two minutes, ten minutes, whatever, I'll, I'll come in and contribute. I've used the word effort before, but I think I'm gonna start using the word motor, not effort, because effort is like a bad. It just gives like a, a negative vibe, right? So let's use the word motor. Like, I think Duke at times lacks a motor. And this is across the board for each player, except Sean Stewart. I don't think at any given and, time this kid is not – oh, and friend of the podcast, Jalen Blake. So let's throw and, it in. And I don't know. That's it. And Jeremy McCain. Like, I, I will never uh, – No, 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 no. Come on, man. That guy's effort is Stewart is revving at a thousand RP, a hundred thousand RPMs. I think I see time. what you're saying. It's different. It's and that's why that's why you that's why using the word effort is obviously not. I don't not, like that. Not, not what motor, you're trying though. to use here because Jared Jared is measured. He's he's very measured. He, he's you can he's be now, measured and still have the motor. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think that his I think because I think his motor is great because of what he always does. If he's off the ball, you talk about it all the time. He's off the ball. He's he's in shooting stance. He's in the proper position. He's in the passing position to or to receive the pass. He's always he's in the always, right angle. Actually, the other word, the other word I would use is engaged. He's mm-hmm. always yeah, engaged. He's, he's very high IQ, also. But if we're right, talking yeah. about dudes who you just like super unhinged, let them out of the cage, and they're just gonna can run for hours. Sean, Sean Stewart's the four loco. You never know what you're gonna get in that can, bro. But 100%. whatever it is, is potent, full, not full of amphetamines. Like he's just it's ready either gonna to hurt go. you or it's gonna hurt the other team. <laughs> and and I'll take Jeez, I'll AC. he's got he's got some shit that you cannot game plan for, that yeah. you can't coach against, that you can't even coach. The fact that he mm-hmm. can jump four fucking feet off the ground, it, it you can is uncoachable. Undefendable. It's kind of like what Mason Plumley was when he was a freshman. Like his athleticism was game changing at times, but you never knew what you're going to get out of that dude when he was a freshman. Hundred percent. But still, you, you never have to knew make some of those mistakes, right? <laughs> you might and get I, a left-handed free throw out of Mason Plumley. You have no idea what you're going to get out of that dude. It kind of been worse. Y'all were talking about Duke social media going crazy. Like if uh, Jared McCain didn't have X, Y, and Z, we would have lost. I think John was fully prepared to just let Stewart run for 15 minutes if he had to. Mm-hmm. But. But you got McCain cooking, so there's really no it need to play. guards game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So there's really no need to play game. big versus big to try to match yeah. up with. So like, yeah, we, ball we handling was premium that game for, against FSU. I thought yeah. he played more than four minutes, but maybe it was less. 
Um, His impact felt bigger than four minutes. So like it did, it, it, and it did, and that says something, right? That's why I really believe that John was ready to let him run for 12, 15 minutes if that's what it took to go big for big. I, I think that what ended up happening here is that, yeah, you know, Sean might look at that and be like, oh, I only played four minutes and change, but the coaching staff was being like, those were – Massive minutes that you played for for this mm-hmm. team and invaluable. And you made, made winning Don't plays. Throw the ball twice, save the ball out of bounds a few times. Like, I mean, the, the steal. He, he was a disruptor. Yeah, yeah. Picking, picking up all the way to the half court line. You know, making that steal, allowing Flip to get the easy bucket, and you know, like those are winning plays. And and mm-hmm. that's how you, that's how you not only win games, but like you kind of. Making your mark as a player, and, and I think that Sean Stewart did a really good job of that. Jalen Blanks, we talked about him, he made some big plays, and um, oh. Ryan Nunn did as well. Um, anybody else want to add anything in about this Florida State game? Because we got, we got some mailbag that we gotta get to. Shout out Jay Roach for putting up 17. Nobody noticed because nobody ever notices when he does that, but right. especially not that game. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Jared, Jeremy and Flip. Most of them were in the second half, I think. No, most of them were in the first half, it looks like. Really? You didn't score a whole lot in the second. Uh, yeah. yeah. McCain had a couple free throws in the 1-3. I know that. Mm-hmm. I feel um, like Duke didn't score a whole lot in the second half, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, yeah no. They, 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 scored 30, they scored 32 in the second half after putting up 44 in the first. Oh, they actually cool. got outscored 33-32 in the second half. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, again, every time the Florida State was, you know, making a little bit of a mini run, it's not like Florida State shot the ball great or anything like that. I thought our defense was really good. And again, uh, Duke out rebounded a bigger team. So, like, you know, while Flip had the six turnovers and didn't have his best game, I thought Duke did enough winning things to, to, you know, obviously not only close out that game, but to never kind of let that game be in doubt and, and that's yeah. really what was important so um yeah let's i, I want to get to the mailbag we got some good questions yeah. let's go uh, and the first one i want to get to to pablo here because I, I feel like you, you're the best person to answer this but how if at all has the scouting report changed since jared mccain's 35 point performance what does it open up offensively who benefits the most and that comes from your boy dh the composer uh, so the scouting, McCain, uh, I said scouting McCain, scouting report on Jeremy McCain. Obviously, I mean, he's going, he's going to get bumped up in the scouting report against everybody we play against. So, you know, instead of him being a, you know, maybe the third or fourth guy on the scouting list, probably going to get bumped up to like number two. You know what I mean? They're going to try to, you know, take him out the game, obviously, you know, run him off the three point line, try to limit some of his touches, uh, limit some of the playmaking things that he do obviously limit him from getting to the basket. Um, you'll probably see, you'll probably see more players uh, just playing them a lot closer, you know, trying to get into him, pause, you know, then, and just trying to, you know, make them put the ball on the floor, but just trying to, you know, force them away from the basket, maybe push them towards sideline or even to the baseline. Um, damn. What was the, what, what else was well, the, the, second, the rest the second, of that? Part of that? It was a deep question. Yeah, the second part of that question is, what does that open up for everybody else? Like, how does the scatter report change now that you do have to focus, to your point, focus on Jared McKay? Now he's probably the second, you know, option in terms of your scatter report defensively. Everybody knows the flip's still the first. 
but how does that now open things up for everybody else? And what does that do to the defensive game plans now that you do have to focus on him? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, anytime you have a guy that, that just emerges as a scorer or just any kind of offensive threat, you know what I mean? It just, you know, other players obviously can benefit off of it as long as, you know, that they're aggressive in spots that they can be aggressive in. Um, obviously, you know, they want to take away Jared McCain. So, you know, the defense is kind of keying on him. They're focusing on him. They're already focusing on flip. We know that, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it let guys like, you know, I mean, guys get a lot more open shots. I'll tell you that, you know what I'm saying? Like um, it'll give guys like Caleb Foster a lot more time to, you know what I'm saying? Like play off the ball some more, do a lot of catch and shooting, you know, some slashing, some different things. Uh, it can really benefit guys like Sean Stewart can really benefit a guy like that that can um you know play on the weak side uh hit the offensive rebounds you know what i mean like if shots are missed um obviously take some pressure off flip you know what i'm saying if you combine those guys put those guys in a pick and roll now you really got a dilemma on your hands you know what i'm saying as far as like who what you want to take away you know what i mean how do you want to guard that pick and roll with like a jared mccain in the flip you know so I mean, it's just it's a it's a it's a multitude of things that you could do. And as far as John Shire goes, you know, on offense, shit, there's so much more he can do, man. When you have a guy like Jared McCain, bro, like it's so much more you can do. I could sit here and, and probably talk for 45 minutes about the different offense, different things on offense that you could do. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna benefit Duke. Yeah, AC. I think one of the things. Go ahead, go ahead, Dick. Go ahead. No, I, my my bad, uh, TK. I, I was just gonna say. Before I forget, I, I mean, that's one of the things that um, Duke could utilize as like a, a luxury with Tyrese Proctor throwing over the top of that defense to the corner, to the elbow mm-hmm. in a pick and roll situation when Flip is not a. I mean, Flip doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. Um, it could open up lanes for Proctor to get to the basket because this Duke team needs Proctor to be able to get to the rim with that elite layup package that he has and score. Uh, it, it'll open up the dunker slot for either Flip or – or not Flip, uh, Stewart or um, Mark. I, yeah. Like McCain – I don't know if McCain's number two on the on the scouting report. He might be number one. You need to force him off that three-point line because if you let him just sit out there, now the floor is stretched. Now the floor is spaced and you don't have mm-hmm. – and, and Flip can work freely. Mark can flow baseline to baseline. Tyrese Proctor and the other guards can just drive to the basket. I mean, it he might be number one on the scouting report. And definitely I don't know can, if he uh, elevates. I don't know if he elevates ahead. number one unless he sorry, Pops. I was gonna say I don't good, know if good. he elevates to number one on that scouting report unless he's hit like I don't think he starts the game as number one on the scouting report. I think yeah. the game starts with Flip as number one. If Tyrese Proctor is in and healthy, he's still number two, and I think McCain's right there. But what that does do to kind of continue to answer that question more, it opens up things for for Proctor and Flip. It makes life easier for them because yeah. now they the pressure's off of them a little bit. Two guys that are kind of struggling mentally, the pressure is now taken off of them because they have a third guy who's helping them out. And and you, you kind of saw Jared giving uh giving Flip the the look away treatment like he was getting from Flip early in the season. Yeah. Jared, Flip was calling for the ball in the post, and Jared's like, "I'm shooting. Don't worry about I it." Got like, it. So, you know what I mean? I, th- I think I think it can make life easier for them. And then if those two can can begin or continue to to work together well as well. Like I don't think you're going to see Jared running the short roll with pick or anything or flip or anything, but 
I, I think those two can work off of each other because you're not you're like doubling is unless Ryan Young's in the game or unless Jalen Blake's in the game, doubling is not so much of an option anymore for teams. So Flip is going to be able to get back to getting some one-on-one coverage. Like our guards are going to continue to be able to slash. Like and and now you're taking a better defender from somebody like Caleb Foster or Jeremy Roach or Tyrese Proctor and putting them on Jared McCain. And that's trouble, man. Like, I think you, as the other team, I think you almost live with at the, at least at the beginning of the game, let Jared shoot. It's a, it's not a high percentage shot. So, I mean, it's a 43% shot, but it's not a high percentage shot. It's still still a lower percentage shot than a layup or anything else. So you, you kind of take your risk. Do you take the three points or do you try to let him miss? Like, who knows? I, I wouldn't do that, but I, I, I do agree with you. Like that, the thing that I brought to you, and, and AC, you said as well, that um, I, I thought that what would end up happening here, and I think that he will be the second priority, at least for the time being. Until someone else proves otherwise, he will be the second you know, option in terms of defensive scouting for, for other teams. Mm-hmm. That it's going to open things up for our other guards. It's going to open up for Tyrese Proctor. He's the first person that came to my mind. Jeremy Roach is who he is. Like we know he can he can do whatever against any game plan. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The third thing is the Caleb Foster is probably going to get some more opening lanes. But the other thing Dee mentioned, yeah, I mean, if, if if the lane's going to be open, that's going to leave things open for Mark Mitchell, for Sean. He may even leave some things open for, for Flip. Um. Jack, kind of where do you stand on this? Like, you know, to, to me, I, I think that Pablo is right. I think he's the, the two option uh, now, not only for scouting, but for, for Duke. Yeah, I mean, Fair point. I don't I don't want to say he's the second option yet just because, you know, he's, he's had a few explosive games, which is always great. But, you know, Flip and Jeremy are still 1A and 1B, really, um, long-term for this team, I think. And this is – it's hard for me to say that either of them could be relegated lower than Jared, not because of Jared's play, but because we know what those guys can be down the stretch, and we've seen it. Like, those guys are still in my book. I mean, again, Jeremy's going to do what he's going to do. That's just going to happen. So he might be – he might be two on the scouting report, but he is not he's not Duke's second option yet. I think if he if he has a few more of those like twenty pieces, we can have that conversation. But I, I'm not ready to say that he's gonna be an option above either Flip or Jeremy. But but hold on, Jack. What you said right there, Jeremy's gonna get his points regardless of, of the scouting report, right? Yes. So- I'm saying on the on the scout I agree, but so, so scouting report be damned, why wouldn't you want to stop somebody else? All right. If Jeremy let's let Jeremy get Jeremy's points because he's going to get him or we double, triple, whether we sag all whatever, whatever we do, Jeremy's going to get his points, right? Yes. All right. So we're going to lock in on McCain. McCain, you ain't shooting a damn ball all game. Yeah, I I this kind of I think we're saying the same thing. I think we're saying the same thing, D. You're probably right, but I mean it's kind of how I feel about Duke how they guard Carolina next game. Ingram, we're going to be in your pocket, bro. You're not yeah. touching the ball. Here's the difference. The difference here is that McCain's not – he's not a primary ball handler, and I think that's the difference. I think – Yeah. He is He is a scorer straight up. Like, that's his job is to score. He's not, he's he's not facilitating. He doesn't facilitate. That's not his job. Yeah. And when he does facilitate, he has five turnovers like he did this past game. Like, 35 yeah, points true. also. We're not turnovers. talking about those yet, are we? Um, 
Right. So, you know, the points cover that up, but still he's, he's not a facilitator. That's not his job. That's not his role. We have three other guards who can do that. We got Caleb Foster, Jimmy Roach and Tyrese Proctor who can facilitate. We don't need Jared McCain to facilitate. Agreed. So I think that's the difference. I think like Jeremy, some, sometimes it's, he's difficult to guard because sometimes his role is facilitating. And then all of a sudden he's going to put up like eight straight points on you. Like that, that's difficult. Like, we, we do need we need Caleb and we need Tyrese to kind of pick it up a little bit more on and for the guards going for our backcourt to be as 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 brutal as it can be for other teams. We just we need them just to be a little bit more consistent, a little bit more aggressive. If if McCain can develop some sort of pump fake, strong dribble drive to the rim, layup pack, watch out. I think he already has that. Yeah, he I definitely has, he has it too. He, I know he has it, but he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't use it as much as he should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, when you're, cook, when when you're cooking from, uh, from when you're when you're cooking from outside, you don't need to showcase it as much. But I feel like a lot of games, and even recently, when he hasn't been shooting as well from the outside, he's done a really good job of mm-hmm. getting in. I think it was also the Clemson game where mm-hmm. he went in there and he wasn't cooking from the outside and got in there into the lane. He finds a way to get himself to the line as well. And I, I was gonna say, I'll say this: as if I'm the opposing coach and we're talking scouting, I'm running him off of all the screens, all the three point line. I don't want him to touch the ball. I, I don't disagree with you there, Pablo. Where do you, where do you kind of stand on all this? Because I mean, there are a lot of good points have been made, um, but I, I kind of want to feel, you know, understand where where you feel on this this entire thing. I mean. I mean, I think everybody brings up some good points. At the end of the day, man, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel as if Duke and what we do, we can just, I don't know, man. Let me let me think about that. Give me a minute. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give this a second. I, I, I do, I do want to bring this back, and and Theo, I'll, I'll let you have this one because, um, I, I. I Understand, I think exactly what you were saying when Jack brought up the Jeremy Roach point, where Jeremy Roach is going to get his, and and maybe he's on the scouting report as you know, kind of the second option. Or, but I kind of look at it differently, where you know, nobody puts their best defender on Jeremy Roach. Nobody does exactly. And I kind of look at, I kind of look at it as like Jeremy's gonna, he just does such a great job of letting the game come to him. That like he's not going to be that guy that like you're going to be scouting against necessarily, but Jeremy McCain, you have to scout. You have got to because he can go off for thirty five. I don't yeah. as much as I love Jeremy Roach, I don't see him going off for thirty five. This is going I to sound. They this this oh, is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound crazy, but just stick with the point for a second. Roach could easily go off for thirty five. He's that good. He's that crafty of a basketball player. He's a veteran. He could easily go off for 35 if you give him the space to do it. McCain is simply more talented than Roach in in shooting the ball and maybe even defensively and rebounding. I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to start a war up I think, here. I think because of I think because of Germ's role as a facilitator, you like him going off at thirty five. I think honestly is not good for I don't, our guards no, and our team. Yeah, I, well, I, I agree. If he's putting up thirty five, something's very good. The question was, you think who going off at thirty five isn't good? No, no. 
Jeremy Roach. Uh, I, think, I, I think I think it dis- I think him going for 35 would disrupt the rhythm of the backcourt. I guess that's about not it's not that it's not good. I think it would disrupt the, the rhythm of the backcourt. But AC the so thing let me let me say this real quick, D. If real you quick, need D. 35 from Roach, he'll give you 35. He'll get it for you. Yes, he will. He'll give you 35. I think what we're saying McCain is flat out more talented. That's who's on the top of the scouting point for me. I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna let Roach do him. I think what we're all saying, and what we probably all can agree to, that Jared McCain's 35 is probably more impactful. Yeah. For the you know yes. what I'm saying for the whole game. Yes, and then like a thirty-five from Jeremy Roach. I think that yeah, we right. could probably all agree to that. I think when that's your what scorer is getting thirty-five, when your scorer is scoring, that sucks <laughs> for the other team. <laughs> Bottom line, like when your scorer yeah. scores, it sucks. Doesn't matter who else yeah. scores. When your scorer scores, it sucks. It's like Danny the Danny Ferry comparison that Jack brought up earlier. When your scorer is scoring, it sucks for the other team. And it's not- <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that game, though, it's a really fun watch. So I'm, gonna, so I'm gonna make somebody else beat me if I'm an opposing coach. Jeremy McCain won't. You got to. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that's exactly exactly right. You know, if, if you're the opposing coach, you let Jeremy Roach get 35 because he's, he's not going to be what's best for you. And I think that, that that's the point you're right. making. I 100% agree with that. Okay, let's get to a, a second question here. Um, so Good question, recently, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, another question came from uh, for uh, on the Discord uh, from our boy, the better, the better. Um, biggest takeaways from the selection committee's only reveal and the thoughts on the ACC total biz this year, he thinks that we get five. AC, I know that you, me, and Jack have definitely debated this one um, on this podcast. So, AC, I'll give you the first word here on, you know, ACC overall and, and kind of like the mm-hmm. early reveal, if you saw it. Um, I actually hadn't seen the early okay, reveal. Okay, so Duke, the... Duke, Duke was, I want to say, the last three seed. Yes. Right. Yeah, and, we've been the uh, last three seed all Carolina season. Was the, Carolina was the first two seed uh, yeah. out of five. So, Which is not um, going to stay. No, it's not going to, but, you know, kind of your first reactions to it. And the the fact that the ACC got a little bit more love from the committee than it does from your bracketologists and <laughs> the um, the AP voters mm-hmm. as a whole. Um. We just, we gotta win games, man. That's bottom line. We just we, let's keep winning games. Like let's keep beating teams that are in front of us because they offer different shit that we're gonna see in the tournament. That's 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 my only takeaway from this thing, man. We haven't moved off that. We've been three, or we've been D three or four seed as a top ten team this entire season, and that shit is so fraudulent. That's so dumb, man. Like obviously the AP poll doesn't matter clearly, but like what what kind of message are you sending? as the media and everything else, if you have a top 10 team and you're going to lower them down to the three or four line and then say that even if they win the ACC and win an ACC tournament, they're not coming off the three line. Cause I saw that. Like, what are you serious with that conversation? Like, okay, whatever. Then we'll, that, be the that, three that, seed and we'll ruin somebody's bracket. That's fine. Yeah. That's we'll ruin somebody's bracket as a three seed. I don't give a fuck. Like I, I was I gonna. I was literally good. That was my answer. I was gonna be like, "AC, watch out real quick. I don't want everybody to see yeah. the banner behind you." I don't yeah, give. That's it. we just let's win games. Let's keep winning games and let's keep taking care of our business. That's my that's my feeling on it. The ACC, I think, will get four teams, and I don't think we get five. Um, Clemson, I think Wake sneaks in. I think it's UNC and it's us. So I'm sorry because UVA is there too. Clemson or Wake will get. They will get knocked out because they're they're good. That that section of the AC standings is gonna eat itself up. Like you I saw tonight, VA just lost to Virginia Tech by thirty almost. So, yeah, that that whole middle section is just going to eat itself up, and you're not going to get enough quality wins, quote unquote. Even though the ACC 
killed the non-conference this year. Like th- that can't be a uh, complaint this year as it was last season. So whatever, I don't know. The whatever they they want the Big Ten in the tournament. So <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> you have to in the tournament. Great, good job for you. I think so, you'll see Wake play for their life every game for the rest of the season. They should. They yeah. need to. I think they're a tournament team right now. That's me. They have no chance. Go ahead, Jeff, because I agree with you. I think Wake's a good Look, team. I think Wake's a tournament team. I think Virginia's going to get in because they're Virginia and not because they deserve to. Um, I think, obviously, Duke and UNC are going to be in the tournament. I think Pitt is making a really good case right now. They've won seven of eight. They, they're tied for fourth in the ACC with Wake and State. I think Clemson has a shot, like a really, really long shot. They're on the wrong side of the bubble, but Clemson's a good this is, team. They are. They, I think last year they got screwed, and I think this is a better team they have this year. Um, I think State's got a shot. Again, they're on the wrong mm-hmm. side of the bubble, but I, I think the ACC has a good case at five, maybe even six. Like all those teams you're talking about should be in ahead of certain Big East teams and certain Big Ten teams that are going to be in the tournament, but. They're gonna yeah, have to show up. Go. In the you already ACC know how it's gonna go. So it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. State, take care of our Clemson, business. and Pitt are gonna have to win some games in the ACC tournament. So they might oh, end up yeah. knocking themselves, like you said earlier, cannibalizing each other because they're gonna end up knocking themselves out because each one of those teams needs to make a strong run in this ACC tournament in front of the committee the day before selection show. You know what I mean? Which is sad because they shouldn't have to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Pablo, how about this one? Um, kind of flipping a little bit to Duke, what do you see as Duke's best case scenario versus their worst case scenario? Because, you know, and, and be honest with the schedule, right? So we have six games left, and honestly, nobody feels like we're going to lose all six games, right? And we're not going to lose in the AC tournament, you know, first round and whatever. But, like, so kind of like looking at a realistic best case, worst case scenario for Duke. Where do you kind of see the 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 opportunities for us, just seeding wise, and then I want to get into matchup wise because I think that's the more important question. But let's talk seeding wise, in, in your opinion. You talking about for as far as like as many games we got left, or you talking about like once we're in the tournament? I, I want to know what your opinion is. Is like how high can we go in terms of seeding? Oh, 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 so... Like what is realistic? Now, obviously, we win them all and we win the tournament and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. We'll probably get a ticket so we, for a lot so, if we do, so if we do all that, if we take care of business and we win it all and win the tournament and all that shit, then obviously three seed, you know what I'm saying? Maybe two. I think that'd be tough to justify that, but I guess it just depends on you know, how North Carolina finishes or whatever, I think we might be able to even replace them. So if Duke um, wins six games in a row in the ACC tournament, you don't think they get a two-seed at 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 least? That's what I'm saying. Okay. okay. I'm they win, gonna, Duke's already on a four-game streak, so that's that's 10 plus three in the ACC yeah, tournament. My question to Pablo was realistically. Okay, fair enough. Realistically, I think we're going to probably end up being a three I think that's I think that's probably realistic because I'm not sure if we win all of our games out, the rest of our games out, um, and then as come long ACC as we don't tournament lose to time. like Miami. That's the biggest thing because Miami is no longer what they're like quad two now, maybe quad three, because all the games they yeah, lost. I think our I like, think it's because we're on the road. A Wake Force loss would be a quad two, correct? They're quad one. I, guess, I think quad it's quad one because yeah, yeah, even after losing to. 
Yeah, they're quad one still. They're like Actually, I don't know. Okay. I'm not where? Let me check. But I don't know. Let me check the rankings. I think the toughest shit going to be for us with all the games we got left is just obviously North Carolina again in Virginia. I think that's going to be our mm-hmm. toughest ones. Yeah, I mean for we sure. Have play at NC, we have to play at NC State. Oh, right. I actually, I, I actually think. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. But I feel like this team. I, I feel like we're gonna steamroll them. Okay. I really feel like that. I really hope that you're right. Because I, I don't want to hear the bullshit. I don't know. If it's <laughs> not true. Um. That's what I'm saying. I don't like. I know what's happening. That's in the, the scariest arena in the world to me. I'm sorry. Fuck all that shit. That's the same thing people were saying when we played Virginia Tech. Fuck them. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Wake is Q1 because it's on the road. Um, okay. Where's Miami? I cannot find Miami on here. Miami well, we is Q2 on the road. We should not lose to Miami. No. Uh, Miami is Q2 on the road. There's 79. Miami is fucking cheeks this year, bro. Yeah. They so are. They lost way too much. We have to get past Wake and State. That those are the two big red flags. Yeah. Obviously, UNC yeah. March 9th. We obviously, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that one, Jack. But obviously, we also have to get past at home Jack's Louisville Cardinals, so, which is gonna <laughs> don't <laughs> connect me to them, TK. <laughs> time out. UVA is in in that six games somewhere. No, too. We're, yes. we're, gonna, we're gonna smoke UVA. That's that's gonna, a gauntlet. That is a that is it is a I think this is going to be a good test for the rest of the way. I no, think no. the six that's games going to be, be a great test that's for the toughest game. Fair point. Yeah. Pablo. I think that's going to be our toughest game. What is it? Virginia. Yeah. Matchup. I think they match up really well with Duke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that the matchup and the, just the way that they play defense. You know what I mean? For what we try to do and we want to get to the paint and do the do the different things that we want to do and you know they like to run guys off the line. I think they're built for, you know, to play against Duke. You know what I mean? To be honest with you. So I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough for us. I really believe that. I think Duke is, this again, this is going to sound awful. But I don't know Jesus. if they have, like, I don't know if they have, the, like, the you know, the the intestinal fortitude not to let UVA dictate how the, this game is played and the game and the speed at which this game is played. I, I, well, you know, I mean, Virginia, I think this team can the way they play, they're going to I mean, it doesn't matter who they play. They normally Virginia's dictating the pace because of how they fucking play. You know and that's saying? how On they win. Defense. But if you, if you, know you don't I mean? allow so, them to dictate the pace and you say, damn that I'm going to do me. You'll well, what can you do? Yeah, think about it, though. D, what can you do? Beat when, them up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, beat them up. They, they shoot the ball and then they just all run back on defense. You right. know what I'm saying? They're not really trying to crash. They're not trying to do none of that shit. What they're trying like to do AC is set up their half-court defense so nobody, almost nobody ever runs on Virginia. You're going no, to gonna have to flow off that elbow and just get downhill. Yeah, no, I mean, I your your offense has to be efficient against UVA, but either way, we, we got a bunch of tests moving down the stretch. We got teams that are fighting for their tournament lives. We got a rubber match against UNC. We got a UVA team that obviously, you know, always always plays tough, and, you know, you, you got you to gotta deal with that. That pack yeah. line shit and and deal with a bad shooting night. So that's all stuff you're gonna see in the tournament. Like so, I think this is a good test. Whether we come out of this four and two, six and zero, zero and six, whatever, zero and twelve. If we come out of the six game stretch, zero and twelve, whatever you know, whatever it is, as long as we learn something going into the tournament, that's all I care about, man. 
Yeah, they're like whatever. whatever the seed be damned. We're not, they're never going to give us the benefit of the doubt for any of these fucking seeds. We every team ahead of us can lose six games the rest of the season, and we will still be a three seed. It doesn't fucking matter. It so let us be a three seed and have somebody's day up. That's how I feel about it. If if Duke runs the yeah. table, I think a two seeds very very plausible. But we should be I a one. Duke's seed more than likely table. There's no other resume in the country that matches us winning out. But if we went out, they're not going to give us. I promise you, they're not going to give no, us that respect won't. because they have. That's why they have choose more plausible. The agenda, uh, like let's uh, go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jack on this one. That I think that we went out. Jack, that we get the two, no doubt. We, yeah, no I think we, we replace Carolina. I, I will say that I will say this, and I'll, Jack, I'll give you this one before we move on to previews. Is that I think there's too many teams ahead of us to get a one, but I do believe if we went out, we get the top two. Yeah, I think Duke will be yeah, a two if they run the table. If they win the ACC, if they beat Carolina, if they beat Virginia. I think Wake, Virginia, Carolina, and the ter- ACC tournament. If they show up to those, it's a two. Easy. I mean, we have two losses since December 9th. There's, there's not many other teams. Really outside, of, yeah. outside of Connecticut, there's not many teams that can boast that type of resume. The problem is how the, the rest of the ACC is being viewed unfairly, in my opinion. So... I don't, yeah. I don't, yes, we, again, I think if we were on the table, we should get a one seed. That is, that's one seed material. If we win these, we're, we're beating four quad one, just four quad one wins. Like, what else yeah. do you want? Like, and then you win, and then you win a conference championship, but that's not enough. Like, that's how it's right. going to play out, though. So it's fine. Well, it wasn't that's enough for a four seed last year. Right. I know, exactly. Right. So we'll be right. a three seed. <laughs> we'll be a three seed, and we will ruin somebody's bracket, which is awesome. I love yeah. that. Love it. All right. So let's get to a couple previews. Obviously, Wednesday night. We got uh, at Miami, so let's start with that one before we get to the uh, the rubber match with um, with Wake Forest. And you know, AC kind of talked about Miami. We talked about the fact that this was a team, you know, that I kind of predicted before the season that was going to be really good this we year. They just, fall, they just kind of fell off a cliff. So kind of talk bit. about talk about them and talk about how Duke matches up with them now. And honestly, they're. You know, you said earlier that everybody's playing for their lives right now. Maybe Miami doesn't have a life, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, making the tournament unless they win the ACC tournament. Um, but kind of talk about their team and how we match up. No, I mean, Laranega's already in press conferences talking about possibly shutting down Nigel Pack with his, because he has a lower body injury that he got a couple games ago. I think it was BC or something. Like he, Jim, Jim Laranega looks at the season. I think he looks at the season as a, as a lost season. I think it's done for them. Defeated. Like, yeah, whatever, maybe whatever you can do to help your players earn some NBA stock or something, or maybe just pull for the next season because I know a lot of them will be back for next year. You know, you do what you can, but I mean, this, this isn't going to be like a this is not a typical trap game where it's like, okay, we go to Miami, you know, we could lose. Like, we don't have anything really to look forward to after the other than wait. So it's like, let's focus on this game and go down and take care of business. Like, they're an extremely beatable team who is hurting, who is reeling. They have injuries all over the place. They got guys playing with injuries. They got guys who are injured not playing. Like, let's just go take care of business with this team, man. Like, we know who they are. We know they got Wuga Poplar. We know they got Norchad Omir. They got, I mean, you know, Nigel Pack's not playing. Matt Cleveland, I love him as a player. He hasn't, he just hasn't taken the Jim Laranega system. Like, but they're going to play hard. Like, they're going to play tough. They're a tough playing team. We just got to, we got to bury them. Like, they've been fairly close in a lot of the games they've lost, but they've lost like five games in a row. Like, we uh, it, it would be inexcusable we go to Miami and lose. Quite honestly, I know it's an ACC game on the road or whatever. But if we're we're talking about seeding and we're if we're trying to prove some points here, 
let's go take care of business in Miami. Yeah, we had a score prediction. 75 yeah. 40, 75 Nah, not that bad. <laughs> that's, what, that's what your hokies just beat. Uh, that's UVA what Texas did to UVA. But, um, no, um, yeah. What's up? Yes. That's final? Yeah. yeah, they beat the shit out of them. But Jesus. either way, like, it's, it's, I think it'll be a little bit low scoring. They try to slow you down a little bit too because they can't run. Um, it's not a difficult gym to shoot in. I could see another decent Jeremy McCain game, but not another 35er. But I uh, fuck it, man. Like 75 to 69. Like, I, I think it'll be fairly close. They, they keep games close. 75 nice. 69. Nice. Jack, Jack, go ahead. Omir is good. Um, I am very intrigued to see how Flip plays him. Um, you know, he got hurt in the last game that Duke played against Miami, which honestly kind of sucked to see. You know, it was a really good Miami team, obviously, last year. This is not that. Um, hopefully, he doesn't, like, triple his three-point made total for the season like he did last year the first time we <laughs> played Miami. Um, yeah. Matt Cleveland, like AC said, good hooper, really not acclimating to Laraniego well, um, which is a shame. But yeah, Wuga, Wuga Poplar, whose name is incredibly fun to say, he's, he's going to put up his points. You know, they, they've got a team of good players that just don't seem to be a good team. Yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a single digit uh margin of victory for Duke, but it is gonna be I'm gonna say eighty one to seventy-four. Oh, so you're back to give them predictions. I, like I gave a prediction it. last game, sir. I like right, to see all it. Right. All right, lovely. Uh D, what do you got? Single digits is embarrassing for this Miami team. I'm sorry. They're just not the Miami that we are used to. Uh, anything less than 15-plus points is a disappointment, in my opinion. <clears throat> I don't really care about the score so much as I care about <clears throat> seeing people get back on track. <clears throat> Dadgum, excuse me, guys. I want to see some people get back on track. Mitchell, who had four great games, hasn't had the t a few good games. Let let's see him get back on track. Uh, let's cut down the turnovers. Let's rebound the ball well. And let, let's just get back to playing some fundamentally sound Duke offensive basketball. And the shots will, like Novocaine, it will work. So anything over 80, I, I'm I'm good with Duke. Yeah, that, that's your magic number, Pablo. I know you just want to fucking win. That's the bottom line, man. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the predictions to go out there and win the goddamn basketball game. And let's shut these goddamn fans up. Say, like, stop talking shit. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> know if they will. I don't know if they will, but. It won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll my, it just felt I'll, good saying that, though. It did. I, I bet it did. That's, that's fair. I'll give my normal prediction. Uh, I like, I like, unfortunately, the I like uh, single digits from this one. I like 72 to 65. It's just kind of the, the feeling that I get for, for this one, but we find a way to win. Um, AC, we got the rematch of Wake. I think that to me is the big game. I thought coming into the the three game road stretch that if you know, you, unfortunately, you would take two and one. You mm -hmm. obviously want to win all three, but mm -hmm. if we were going to lose a game, this to me was going to be the one we would lose. How do you see this game shaping up? Because I don't think Reed's going to have four fouls, you know, again, you know, early and then foul out. I think it's going to be a much different ball game. I don't think they're going to shoot as poorly, but because they're playing at home. But you know, you tell me, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean the thing the thing that happened to them last time, they just couldn't hit threes, right? Like Monsanto couldn't get on. I think he was like two for nine or something. Like we we held them down from the three point line. They they still shot almost fifty percent from the floor, but they shot like twenty six percent from three. So it's gonna be depending on what what Forbes' game plan is gonna be, man. Is he gonna try to get inside? Like our defense is gonna have to show up for that game. Uh, I think you're right. I don't think I don't think Reed fouls out as quickly as he did playing at their home, especially. Um, and he was having a good game when he was in, like he was giving Flip some trouble. So I think defensively, we got to figure something out to to kind of slow them down a little bit. Salas had a decent game. He he had a he wasn't inefficient. He was he had a, a really good efficient game in my opinion. So that's that's kind of their engine is Hunter Salas. But you know if Carr Carr was he was getting some buckets. Like they they were getting buckets against us and keeping the game fairly close uh, at Cameron. So and they're playing for a tournament, man. Like they're. This is a quad one, like get get right win for them that gets them in the in the tournament. I think so. It's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be tough. I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and predict a loss. I'm gonna tell you how I think we can win the game, which is I think attacking the bucket, getting them in foul trouble, especially the bigs because they don't have a deep bench. And I don't think we we can settle for threes and wait for us. And we don't shoot there well there generally anywhere. It's a difficult shooting gym. A lot of the ACC gyms are. So we gotta get to the bucket and get those guys in foul trouble. Um, let's say we do that. I think the score is probably going to be about 82 to 75 because we can score against them. Like, defensively, they're not scary. All right, Jack, what do you got? I just I just hope the game is officiated well because the last one was a travesty. Both like, ways. It yeah. was, both ways. Wake got screwed and Duke got screwed. It was probably Duke the bad. worst officiated game I've ever seen. Duke and... Bad. It was it was horrendous. I I just want to see a well officiated game. Um, you know, I want to see the rules properly applied. I want to see basketballs that deflect off of players properly called for possession. Boy, um, all this I I I want Duke to win. Of course, I I think Duke can put up a solid 85, 85 to seventy eight, pretty reasonable. Um. You know, Monsanto's probably going to have a better game. Reed's probably not going to get three fouls in two minutes. But I think attacking the interior with Mitchell, with McCain, with Proctor if he's healthy, with Roach, and, of course, Filipowski is going to be key. You Use the guys you have who are good at scoring inside. Get Get to the ball or get to the bucket, get to the line get their lack of depth uh, exposed. D, what do you got? I don't know. Their, their bench scored 16-plus points last game. Um, just, just fucking win, man. Just go out there and impose your will on these dudes. You play like you know that you're the best player on the court, and, and, and it'll take care of itself. Like, you know? Preach. Just fucking win. Just fucking win. Pablo, do you have anything to add there? Because, I mean, he just stole your line. Nah. That's what I was just saying. Just preach. I was. Hey, he was taking him to church on that shit. So, <laughs> hey, I'm with you on that. You know what I'm saying? I feel the same way. Just fucking win, bro. Like, I don't care how they do it. I don't care if we win by goddamn half a point. You know what I'm saying? Just fucking win. Vegas is the only people that would care about half a point. Yeah, yeah. And facts. I don't give a fuck about Vegas. Just I don't either. Hey, Valentine, Mike, but I know I don't. Uh, I guarantee Just you, we win. get him. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, 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 feel like, I feel like we have um, a, a good opportunity to to really make a statement by closing this three-game road stretch out with three wins. And mm-hmm. I think that we find a way to do that, and I think it's going to be an epic fashion. I, I think that we're going to be down maybe 10 at halftime, and we're going to come back and find a way to win this game. And I think we're going to get a Jeremy Roach bucket with like three seconds left, and Damn. we're going to win this game 81-80. I think that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, she's, so we're gonna get the Louisville here. game part too. A fucking panic attack already. No, I mean, if you're honest about it, this is going to be a tough game. It's much it's like a good, a, it's a good Wake Forest basketball team. It's a really it good is. team. It's much like ACC said. Or AC said that like they're playing for their life right now, yep. and they're playing at home, and they feel like they didn't play their best when they played at Duke. But you know, the other thing is that Duke made a lot of really dumb turnovers in that game. Especially in the first half. I don't think Duke played their best either. No, I don't think we played our best either, but we found ways to win at home. And Wake Forest is saying the same thing to themselves right now, is that they were at home, now we got them at our place. But we're going to find enough ways to make some plays in the second half, and we're going to win that game. And normally, we end this podcast with our previews and our predictions, but we got one more thing here. Duke social media, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, not on our Patreon and not on our Discord, but message boards, everything else, like the negativity, that that just the garbage, that the the attacking our players, it it has to stop. And Pablo, you already talked, you already said right now that, you know, D was preaching about the weight game. I want you to take these fuckers to church and talk to them. Talk to them. Talk to Duke Nation right now. And tell them how it's gonna be. Listen, man, this is all the Duke fans, right? It's not not I'm not even talking to the good ones right now. The good fans, they already know what time it is. It's for all <laughs> you fuckers that be talking crazy, DM players, tagging players, doing all that bullshit, man. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. Nope. Go cheer for somebody else, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let these guys figure out what they need to figure out. You saw David Bradley come up on it. You know what I'm saying? He he posted a. I thought the tweet was really well said. You know what I'm saying? He tweeted it out. You know what I'm saying? For everybody to see. I think everything he said was facts. You know what I'm saying? These players see this shit. You know what I'm saying? They absolutely see this shit. So if y'all want to keep, you know, you know, writing negative shit and, you know what I'm saying, which could affect future recruits and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Keep doing what you do. You know what I'm saying? And then you're gonna, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna you're gonna see the team fall off the ledge. You know what I mean? Hopefully that doesn't happen, and hopefully our guys stay strong and they stay connected. But y'all motherfuckers, man, y'all gotta chill the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Y'all bugging, y'all really bugging, you know what I'm saying? Just tweeting this bullshit. Leave these good dudes alone, man. These are kids, man. First and foremost, because I know, period. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. If somebody talk about my kid, I'm ready to beat your ass. That's what I'm ready to do. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I know these I know these parents are probably feeling the same thing because I know these kids are going back telling their parents and their parents are seeing this shit. Sure. And their girlfriends are seeing this shit. Their siblings are seeing this shit. What are oh, we yeah. doing? You know what I'm saying? What are yeah. we doing out here, bro? Like, and these Pablo, are fucking I really, adults. I really hope that they, for all the negative people out there, that these players see some of the positive shit out there too. You know, like, yeah. I really hope, I really hope that these guys hear us Say this so and so deserves flowers, and such and such deserves yeah. flowers. Like I really yeah. hope that because you're absolutely right. Nah, they see it. 
Nah, you know, they see the players see they see they see everything. You know what I'm saying? But you know how it is, man. At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? You can have a million fucking good things. It only take one bad thing to 100%. spoil some shit. You're you know what I'm saying? Right. So and that's what we gotta be mindful of, man, because the people that are doing this shit too, man, are fucking adults, bro. Mm-hmm. These are like 40-year-old men, you know, 30-year-old women, like Yo, bro, you need to get a motherfucking life, bro. Like real talk, you know what I'm saying? Account. Let these kids be kids. Some you know are they, like legit. Like they wilding. They wilding, man. They wilding the fuck out, man. Like, like seriously, bro. Like that should be making. I'd be getting upset, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I got, you know, what I'm saying a kid playing, you know, college basketball, you know, doing his thing. Had to face a little backlash. I've been through all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I know as a parent, you know what I'm saying? That shit make me want to rip people's head off. But, you know what I'm saying? Cooler heads always prevail. So it is what it is. But at the end of the day, man, like, you know, you don't want nobody talking about your kid. You know what I'm saying? And it just seems like like everybody's a fucking expert nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody's an expert. They want to tell John what to do. They want to <laughs> tell Kyle. You know what I'm saying? He's soft. He can't do this. He can't. Tyrese, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like that's that shit is whack, bro. Like that shit, I don't even know what else to say other than shut your bitch ass up and let these kids play. Talk to them. If if I may, (laughs) if I may, I I've been running the uh, Instagram, the Twitter account that I run since I was in middle school. Um, I that was only a year ago. No. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it was it it's been like ten years about, which is crazy to think about. But it's crazy. I've been running I've been running these pages since I was in middle school. And you know, as a college I was in college the year that Duke had the down year, the uh the twenty twenty one COVID year and Oh my gosh, people were coming onto my pages, like not Duke fans and some Duke fans, and just trashing me, who has no affiliation with the university. Like, I'm a fan. I'm making these posts because I like to, I like doing it and I like, uh, I like keeping people informed and engaging with Duke, uh, Duke fans on social media. You know, the, the people coming out in droves, just like yelling at me, not knowing who I am, like, I'm I'm just a college kid too. I I'm not much older than most of the guys on the team. I'm I'm younger than a couple of them, I think. And I, I know I'm younger than Ryan. Um, like you know, <laughs> it stuff hurts. It hurts me when people come after me. I'm not a player. Imagine how they feel. Like I can't control this stuff. Neither can they. These kids, like you know, they're playing. Their hearts out. They're playing their tails off. They want to do good for the name on the front of that jersey. If you come to Duke, you you come to Duke to play for Duke and to win for Duke. I don't. I I know how it feels to be attacked just because Duke's not doing as well as you would hope they are. It's not. It is not a good feeling. Let these kids be. They're kids. Like. To, be better than that. Yeah, AC, you and I go way back, right? We go back to yeah. the message board days where, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is being written, and, and we've been saying for years that, you know, players read this. Parents read this. Recruits read this. It's all like Pablo said. And the other thing is, 
Um, you know, the one thing that we do on this podcast, I think better than anybody, and I'm, I'm probably biased, but I'm just being honest about it, is that I'm very open about the fact that during games, you know, yeah, I'm upset and, you know, play to play, whatever, but you keep that shit private. You yes. don't go on social media, you don't go on the message boards and start trashing these people because, mm-hmm. first of all, they're giving everything they have. And you don't know also, the other part of this that people don't want to admit is that, yeah, okay, well, now they're getting paid, so I have a right to do it. No, you don't. You're not no, paying No, you don't. Them. You're not paying them. You're not the one paying these kids. Even and if you other, are, you don't have a right to do that. The other right. part of that is that there's no ROI for you to, to say that, other than your self-satisfaction. Um, you know, when you lose a game as a fan, like your fan buddies can come back at you and talk trash, and that's all part of the game. I agree. I, I'm, sure. I'm with that. I'm with yep. that. Uh, that's all good fun. I, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm not dodging that at all, and, and, and that's great. But mm-hmm. when you're attacking the player's character, when you're attacking the player's, um, you know, well-being, and you know, just talking shit to someone that you don't know, there's something that you would never say to their face, then that's you're just, you're, you're a flat-out loser. Yep. That's you're soft. You're, you're a loser. Seriously, man. Like, yeah, you're soft if you do that. It's it's, it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic that's been happening since sports media has kind of changed to talking heads, hot takes, and I need to be right <laughs> over anything else. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're just seeing we're seeing fans who'd rather be right than support their team. And we got enough people who hate us. Like, why y'all? Why y'all want to add to that? But if you do, I'm not gonna tell you how to be a fan. Go do it. Uh, yeah, I, I think the jury's out on if if some of the negative talk on Twitter costs costs you a recruit or costs you a player. I'm, I'm, I'm the jury's out on it. Broad sweeping. I I, I know of some examples. Pers- like I know of some examples of where that has cost you know somebody. But there's a smaller school, some other shit. But at a place like Duke, you get used to it. You know what I mean? However, 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 at a place like Duke, there's so much pressure. These kids are already under so much scrutiny. And like we're saying, they see this stuff, man. And why like why add to their bad day, man? Like we know Flip is not playing great right now. We know he's he's feeling something right now. Like it's obvious. Like, why do you want to add to that? Like sometimes all it takes is somebody to just burn some toast in the morning. They're gonna flip the fuck out that day. Like, what we what are we doing, man? Like why why do you want to make somebody's life miserable? Like that ain't cool, man. So why, that's all I would you, say is just why, do you, why are you rooting for them? Right to fail. Then, that's that's you know, that's what I. That's, that's what my yeah. question is. Like, yeah. why are we rooting for our own it. team to fail? What do you? What do you? What do you? I'll never understand it. I'll never fucking it's, understand. It's, it, it's it's what I'm saying. It's which loser is, behavior. It's, it's loser mentality. You, they would rather be right. They would rather be right. That's we still right. have that, people that, saying that. Like the five point play mantra is you'd rather be right. They'd rather be right. There's people saying they don't want Jeremy Roach to come back next year if he has a year. Like Jeremy Roach has a year, he can come back next year, and people are still saying they don't want him to come back. Why? And that's Why? fucking crazy. And that's crazy. Like, I would welcome him. That's all. <laughs> that's well, I, 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 do, I do want to finish. I'm with done. It. I'm done. Yeah, I, I want to finish with this. Is that like that Jammer Roach thing is the best example? Because I remember earlier this year the example between him and Quinn Cook, and the example, you know, on his face, and you're like, oh, well, the players are different. Actually, it's identical when you really think about the way the fans treated both of those players. And, you know, they were trash for three years and then all of a sudden they're gods because, you know, that's the way they wanted it to happen. And the other thing is that for years you talked about how, oh, Coach K team peaked in November and they peaked in December. And that was it. 
And so you were willing to give up a few wins in November and December if it meant that your team was trending and developing. Well, now you're getting that, and you're still trashing them. So who's the problem? It ain't Duke. It ain't John Shire. It ain't Coach K. It's you. You're the fucking problem. Pablo, take us out of here. I'm done. Yo, like, I want everybody just on some, like, I ain't going to go crazy, like. Some calm shit, right? Go read that tweet again by David Bradley, bro. He's tweeting that shit for a reason. Really read it. Read into that shit. And pay attention to what he's saying. End of the day, y'all fucking up, man. Y'all really fucking up. But as always, bro, five point play, man. We do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Go do basketball. Let's go do. Let's go do. Thank y'all for tuning in. Check us out on Patreon, Instagram. You know what you're going to get from us. We're on Discord. We're on Autograph now. If you follow Autograph, you get your podcast from there. We're on Autograph now. We're everywhere. We're everywhere you want us to be. Yeah. Use my code JDuke at sign up on Autograph. We got some cool stuff coming there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go, Duke. Go, Duke. Go, Duke. Go, Duke.